This is the Relevant Podcast. It's episode 964, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me, oh my goodness, this is so weird. I can't say it. He's not with us today. Joining me from Nashville, Tennessee, sitting in for Jesse, is our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hi, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? <laughs> Tyler, man, no pressure, but you got some big shoes to fill with Jesse being out sick so today. That's what you said, Cameron. You called me and asked if I could join, if I could be part of the pub, which of course I was more than happy to do. But then you said, yep. drink lots of coffee. You have to be really funny. And yep. I, I've drunk lots of coffee. <laughs> I, that was, I got the first part down. I don't think there's a time. Yeah. There's, maybe coffee can make you a little bit funnier. It can't make you Jesse Carey. I, I'm not even going to try. I did I did the hello, hello thing. That's going to be the extent of my impersonation. <laughs> it feels mean to his legacy for me to even try to do to do a Jesse Carey impersonation. I'm talking about him like he's dead, I, which I don't think he is. I think he's, 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 he's fine. No, he's not dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. I, w- I will tell the listener this. We we Jesse's been sick this week. He's just been sick. And so we've moved things around. He called me this morning. You know, he was going to be better today. And he called me and he's going to power through. And he was like, hey, all right, I just want to give you a heads up. You know, I'm still kind of struggling, but we're going to do this. And I'm telling you, he sounded, he sounded out Jesse's of his mind. he's not dead, <laughs> but he's barely alive. He's living on the inside. <laughs> living on the inside. Sucking oh, down no. night. Take, take the day. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I just said, I just said, thank you for the, for the effort. Thank you for the attempt, but you're going to, we'll let you set this Dude, one out. That bud. is so, so Jesse, uh, too. Jesse yeah, so is, prayers for Jesse's sick Jesse. Jesse's the kind of guy, like, Jesse could be like, like, shark got his arm. Like was crawling on his way on his way yeah. to the hospital. Got you know he got mugged. Yeah. Black eye. Somebody knocked him out. Took the wallet. And then I give him a call. I'm like, hey, do you mind editing something really fast? I'm like, sure, man. It'll be just a minute. I'm I'm losing blood. I my, I do <laughs> not have an arm. I have one arm. But he would do yeah. that. Like he would absolutely pull that. Like Jesse shirt off his back doesn't begin to cover it. Like spine out of no, his no, body no. if you needed one. Aww. Jesse puts the needs of the people he cares about above himself in every part of his life to the point that the people who care about him have to protect yes. him from that from very himself. generous uh-huh. tendency. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I'm like, go lay down. <laughs> We're not putting a mic in front of you today. <laughs> you know, thank you, though. You know, but go lay down. Jesse so. doesn't call in sick. Everybody needs friends like that, though, oh, like, yeah. who will like protect you from oh, yourself. Yeah. You know, so Jesse doesn't call in sick. Know. We call in sick All for right. Jesse. We are the ones who have yeah. to call. Oh, that's 100% it's, true. It's a, it's a great quality. It really there's, is. There's a reason why there's a reason why in 15 years he's missed this is the second podcast he's ever missed. I mean, it's wow. like he he shows up, you know, and good for him, but good for sometimes Jesse. you just got to take take a take a break. Get get well. He's get missing healthy. a great episode. All right. Like he's going to like we're, we're going to have a lot of fun with that. He's going to he's going to be like that that meme of like it's the ad that of the people being happy eating ice cream and there's like a kid sitting next to the ad like looking at it eating his ice cream acting like he's hanging out with his friends Dang. that's gonna be jesse listening to this episode just missing out oh you know. number one fan well we do have a great show in store for you coming up later one of our favorite hip-hop artists one k few joins us he's one of the artists that we actually spotlight in the current issue of relevant 
along with some other up and coming names that we love that we're excited about, like no big deal, one day. Um, so anyway, 1K Fuse coming up later. Also, Emily, downtown Emily Brown will join us for a relevant buzz. And we have your feedback at the end of the show. Now, before we get rolling, though, Derek, yeah. I follow you on social media. It's how I keep in touch with your life. And I, I, I don't know. A lot of our interaction is on Twitter. Right, I'll be sending right. you DMs or whatever, whatever. What do you think about all this Twitter news? Going on with Elon Musk taking over. It's, it's the end. It's forty-four billion dollars. It's the end. We're getting free speech back. That's what. That's that's what I feel like. You, you really? We are getting free. Hold on. You really think he's going to go like truth social nah, direction with it? Like he's going to so. do what Trump was trying to do? So. What do you, I, honestly, what do you I, think? This is what I do? think. I just think he's going to give us an edit button. Like, and I think we're going to be okay. Like, I mean, in the end of the day, like the thing with Twitter. If he runs Twitter like he runs Tesla, mm-hmm. I think we might be cool. Because the thing mm-hmm. I love about uh, Cameron, your Tesla, is just like he's okay mm-hmm. with saying, okay, let's try something. And then, no, nah, that didn't work. Let's do something different. Like, mm-hmm. I like that, that the, it's constant mm-hmm. improving. Like, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if, he, if, if everyone says, hey, we don't like this feature that you guys added, he'll say, all right, whatever. We'll just go back to the old feature. And... So I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of potential. I mean, the guy's pretty innovative. I don't I'm not really pressed on it. I think people somehow made this into a political and then some people made it into a uh a woke versus unwoke thing. I'm like, it's it's just a it's just a billionaire mm-hmm. buying a, a a billion dollar company from another billionaire, guys. You you gotta relax. Here's my take on like why would he buy it? So Angel investors, investors, people who buy tech companies, it's all about valuation potential, growth, get 10x return on your investment. Yeah. Twitter is a mature tech company. Like it is what it is. It has exploited every revenue stream it can, adding ads and different things. Maybe they'll add a little subscriber service, but it is what it is. And there's no 10x return on a $44 billion investment. So why would he do it? It's just a personal thing. And so all of a sudden I'm going, okay, if his only agenda here is personal interest, tinkering with it, not about making money, I'm actually wondering what does he want to do? You know what I mean? Like he's got something in his mind beyond an edit button that he's wanting to do with what he just bought or else he wouldn't have paid $44 billion for it. He paid $4 billion? Yeah, just whatever. But the 44 is a major focus of his now. That's the expensive edit button for yeah, sure. That's what I think. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Forty-four billion dollar edit button. That's <laughs> is he the kind of guy that just wants to flex? Like I own Twitter now. I mean, is that like a big deal? Not for but forty-four. I know billion. That's but a- if you have enough money that you can throw a wa- around forty-four billion. To me, it feels like those are the people who are like, I'm just going to flex, and I have an extra forty-four billion sitting around. Man, I don't look. care about it. I'm trying to get forty four dollars to exactly. eat at Chick Fil A with this inflation. Exactly, this man <laughs> spent forty four billion dollars. Hey, I was taking my kid to school this morning, and we were running a little late, so I didn't make him breakfast. So, like, we're sw- we're going to swing through the McDonald's drive through for McDonald's yeah. breakfast for my kid on his way to school. Twelve dollars, yes sir, for a McDonald's yes, breakfast. Yes sir, yes sir. What? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I was shocked. It's, cra- yeah. it's, cra- it's crazy out here right now. That's, that's the one perk of McDonald's is the food can be bad 
It can take too long. The wait can be like the cars can be wrapped around the restaurant. But the one perk that you always know, well, I'm getting out pretty cheap. It didn't. It didn't. It cost me nothing to do all this. At the end of the day, it didn't. Right. I didn't it didn't right. hurt the bank account. If they lose that, then I'm really out of reasons to go to McDonald's because McDonald's, by almost any measure, I think, is the bottom of the fast food. Chain. Like every, you can find fast oh. food that does a better version of McDonald's. Well, there's like Hardee's and st- and Carl's Jr. and stuff. I think the last time I ate at McDonald's was 15 years ago. I am. I I do not eat McDonald's. I don't either. Mickey D's, I didn't say none of this. I'm trying to get this sponsorship. (laughs) I didn't say none of this. I love me a good uh, Big Mac. You know what I'm saying? I love, you know what I'm saying? Sponsor me. I mean, I love a Big Mac too, but 44-year-olds can't be eating Big Macs all the time. Nah, that mug forty that'll take you forty four days to get it out your system. <laughs> I have I have vegan friends that uh, late night two a.m. will find themselves pulling into a McDonald's drive thru. It's just like I don't know. Are you serious? Maybe they think, yeah, yeah. Well, what are they getting? Fries? No, no, no. It's one of those things that they'll they'll. That's it, like that's, oh, that's their break. little break. It's cheat. like it's like that's their cheat. Oh. But uh, maybe they're saying this isn't real meat. <laughs> maybe they're maybe saying maybe, yeah. McDonald's, <laughs> maybe they're going. Maybe it's a vegan. That's thing. the I don't know. ultimate <laughs> vegan cheat. That'd be like that'd be like if I'm if I'm like. I, you know what, you know, I, I never, I, I don't drink. I'm, I'm a total teetotaler. Only every now and then I will shoot an entire bottle of vodka into my eyeballs. Like it's a, <laughs> such a, <laughs> such a crazy cheap right. provision. If I'm doing it, I'm going I'm all, going all in. the way. Yeah. We were yeah. vegetarians years ago. And so like when my kids were little, we were vegetarians, but you guys, this is the worst, but I, I would still eat Chick-fil-A. So I was a vegetarian that would eat Chick-fil-A, but I would go eat it when my kids were at school. And I was like that weirdo eating it in the the parking lot real quick and then mm-hmm. ditching the bags like in the Walmart parking yeah. lot so my kids ah! wouldn't know. Yeah. That was my cheat was because it was like Christian chicken. This can't be bad for me. I'm just going to eat the chicken but I wouldn't tell my kids. God, my God forgive kids. me on this one. It's That's Chick-fil-A, right. God. They, they, and they at school suffering with carrot yep. sticks and celery yep. sticks. And you out here with a oh, Chick-fil-A. Yep. There's not that's a whole funny. lot. Of, there's, it's a really dark feeling eating fast food in the parking lot. We have, we've all done it. We've all Quickly, been there. And then getting rid of the bag so no one knows. That f- makes you feel real bad. I've thrown, I've thrown candy wrappers. Hey, Jamie, somebody see you in line. Hey, Jamie, <laughs> what, what are you doing here? <laughs> salads. Chick-fil-A salads. So back... Back to Twitter. Yeah. Oh, what's yeah. your what you what do you think is going to happen other than the edit button? Because like already just on the news, like you said, woke versus conservative, like it's becoming a culture war. Like numbers are plummeting. There's like a mass exodus mm-hmm. of user, users right now, and mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if it's like a temporary blip or. I mean, what happens if he spends forty-four bo- billion on this thing and everybody leaves? I don't know where they're going to go. True but social baby, it's crazy. One thing about it, this this is what I hope happens. I don't know. If this will happen, I don't even I don't even guess if this will happen because once you get to the billionaire status, you playing on a level that us peons don't really know. You seeing some stuff that we ain't really seeing. But I wonder if he's gonna make the just the algorithm a little bit because I think that's why social media has stalled out. I mean, all of the algorithms are so pay for play, pay for play, pay for play that has killed the user experience. So I'm wondering if he might make the algorithm less restrictive in that way and maybe bank on trying to create a better user experience, which will in turn create more revenue. That's what I'm hoping. I don't know. That's the only thing. That's the only play I could see financially that would make 44 mm-hmm. billion make sense besides some Illuminati trying to control your mind and trying to bring Uh-oh. Donald Trump back on to, 
to so he could become president in 2024. I, I saw that on YouTube, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Have you know. noticed that the Instagram algorithm has changed? Is your feed different than it used to be? Mine Man, is. I don't like, even yes. check Instagram anymore because my Useless. feed's been so bad. Cause the algorithm I can only see like three people. It's all people they're suggesting for you. Like I don't even know these suggesting. People. Yeah, yeah that's that's right. It. Like two yeah. thirds of my feed yeah. is like, hey, you like you interacted with this video, mm-hmm. so here's other accounts. I'm yeah. going, yeah. I hate it. No point scrolling. Okay. You know, you can go in and say, don't show me things suggested to this. It's a pain because it takes forever. But I've been doing right. that every time I see one because I'm just like, I'm tired of it, too. I just want to see the people I follow. Yeah. I, like, I, I literally can't see any of the people I follow except maybe four or five people. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just suggestion after suggestion after suggestion, which mm-hmm. it feels like, like, honestly, Facebook and Instagram, whatever they're doing over there at Meta, it kind of feels like we're going the way of MySpace. Because I remember MySpace dating myself, but how bad the experience on MySpace was, which is ad after ad after mm-hmm. ad after ad after ad mm-hmm. after ad. And I think that that's, you know, I, I, if Zuckerberg would just fix that, you'd have more people in Instagram. Let's think about people have already built all these platforms. Nobody wants to just go to TikTok and build something else. Why are people going to TikTok? It's because yeah. when I post stuff, people see it. <laughs> the people I follow, mm-hmm. I actually get to see their content. Not, you know, I'm following, you know, my friends and then I get toothpaste ads every, every Not even that many know, friends. I get posts. like the same three yeah. Instagram posts. I wonder, I, I just wonder how Twitter's going like, to change. I saw this three days ago and you're showing it to me again yeah. and yeah. then 15 ads for something that I do not want and, and don't plan on buying. And then another post that I've already seen. It's a weird experience. Now, someone said that this could be the, the Elon Mustang could be the, the new, the next Cambridge Analytica. Uh, yeah. For though, I don't know if people have uh, heard about that, but you know, just maybe he just wanted everybody's data from Twitter that now that that's pretty priceless. If he was to grab own the company know everybody's buying patterns and data and all those different things. It's pretty crazy. That that might because be the thing about taking billion. it private is he has zero accountability. He None. he can do anything he wants with no mm-hmm. oversight. There's no regulations. There's no anything. Like like mm-hmm. it's no different than me owning relevant. Y'all don't know right. what we make. Trillions. Y'all don't know what I, how I run it. You don't know that I don't answer to anybody. I own it. He owns it. He doesn't answer to a board. He doesn't answer to anybody. Like, so what you're talking about, about data mining mm-hmm. and stuff like that, maybe that is worth $44 yeah. billion dollars to him because he's going to yeah. use it in other ways. Ooh, yeah. I just got into conspiracy world. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I'm telling anyway. you, stay <laughs> off, stay off of YouTube. Do not type YouTube, Elon Musk and Twitter. You are going to go into rabbit holes. You're going to be up all night. That's probably why Jesse's not here. He's been, he's been up all night watching YouTube videos. Yep, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, at least somehow the algorithm let you find this podcast. And we're very thankful for you to listen to this episode. Okay, we're well, moving the show along. Stay tuned. Up next, downtown Emily Brown joins us. We're over buzz. With a tender heart and a beautiful smile. 
You're listening to the Black Keys. Song is Wild Child. Man, glad they're back. Love the Black Keys. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Relevant Buzz. Please welcome to the show our very own Emily Brown telling us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Emily. Hey, y'all. What's the buzz? Um... You know, there's a lot going on. So uh, I want to start off with something that honestly, it's actually not. Emily, real quick. How's your Instagram feed? Is it enjoyable? Have you noticed a difference? I actually, I'll be honest, as I was waiting to come on this, I was scrolling through Instagram. I got so annoyed. Why are there so many videos? (laughs) I'm so tired of reels. Well, Because they're favoring that now. I mean, obviously they're. They're upfront with that. It's all about reels. I have taking TikTok, on TikTok for videos. I have Instagram for videos. They literally said in a in a uh, earnings call that they are no longer a photo sharing application. They are <laughs> they have repositioned themselves internally as a video application. Yep. So we'll fix the yeah. algorithm so when I post videos, people <laughs> see it. Yeah, <laughs> we need a new Instagram because I'm not good at videos. I'm. No, I'm not great at pictures either, but I'm better at pictures than I am videos. Um, can I, before we, I know we got a lot to get to, Emily. I know, I know this is an important question, but can I ask a quick, quick question of the marrieds here? Married question. If you're scrolling like late at night and, and you know, you're, you're like, your, your spouse is asleep in the bed next to you and you're just scrolling, you're doing, you're doing a little purge at the end of the day and you come across a video that you want to watch, but you don't have headphones. So if you press play, you're going to wait, you know, you're going to wake them up. What's your move? What's the move? You've, you're scrolling. <laughs> it's late. They're asleep. You find a video and it's like, and it, and it, it's, it's an intriguing screen grab. You want to know what's going on there, but you know, if you hit play, it's going to, it's going to do what's the move. This is what I do. I start with the volume all the way down and push play and then slowly <laughs> go up, up, up until I see a little like movement. And then I stop right there. And I'm like, that is Are you as high that? as I can go. <laughs> and then you just got to get real close and listen in. That's like, that's like hiding Chick-fil-A from your kids. That's <laughs> good. You're sneaky. sneaky. You're so deceitful. You're sneaky. Oh, I'm You're really sneaky. not. I like but it. I mean, I just got to like get like Black Widow over yeah. here. <laughs> She's got a strategy. If it works, it works. She has a, so that's the thing. It's, she has a strategy. That's the thing. She has thought this through. Yeah. She knows what she's going to yeah. do. That's yeah. the thing. Right. I thought you were going to have to think about it, but you have a you have a system in place. <laughs> I love it. I love that it. I'm going to try it. But how about just toss your AirPods in? Like, I mean, they're not close. A, You're in bed. They're downstairs. But then, but then you're committing. You're committing yeah. to I'm staying up to do this as opposed to that I'm Are trying you? to go to sleep. I'm just right. You put AirPods in, you're up for the night. Yeah, for the night. I don't know about that, but well, I mean, like, what? you know, you're not wanting to stay up. You're not wanting to admit that you're, you know, nah, doing this see, on purpose. I guess I'm right. different because oh, you... I just would put my AirPods in. But how many of us just watch one video and walk away? I just put my AirPods in and watch the video, and then when the video is over, I just take them out. Oh, that's good, Derek. Huh? You have self control. All of us would go to the next you have video. Self control. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what we're learning here. Yeah, I, I, this is, I'm counting sheep when I'm scrolling in bed. Like I'm just trying to fall. I'm I'm drifting off. So I don't have. If I have AirPods in, I'm prepped for like a. Like it's going to be a, it's going to be an actual rabbit hole that I'm deliberately going down. And that's not, then I'm up till, you know, midnight, one in the morning. We can't have that. I was going to say, I've been, um, limiting my social media to an hour a day and 15 minutes on the weekends. And it's been amazing. You get the little notification on your phone that says, Yeah, yeah, with the app. Yeah. So, so, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, put an hour of all social media Mm -hmm. on there, um, and sometimes I'll break it and be like, man, let me see what's going on. Very, very, you know, maybe once or twice. But for the most part, I've been averaging like an hour, hour, 15 minutes a day. Um, and that has been good because it shocked me. I did not realize how much time I was spending on social media. At one point in time, I looked up, I was spending two hours on Twitter. And I was just, I felt, I was like, nah, bro, there's no way I That's could be it? spending two hours on a mm. on a I social know. media, she said, "That's it." I know. <laughs> two hours. Derek, I have the same. Wow, thing on my two phone. hours of doing other stuff. The rookie numbers. I have the same thing on my phone, but every day I hit uh, where you can hit it Ignore. to turn it off. Every Ignore single day, I hit, yeah, I'm like, nah. So on the weekends, I actually take Instagram off my phone. Like I literally delete the app. That's the only way I can do it. That's so, dope. wow, Mark. All right, Emily, what do we got this week? Now I feel like I need to go look at my hours, but I'll do that later. Um, okay. I want to start with uh, a new study that came out from Harvard. Um, this is not shocking to me. So I'm curious if this is surprising to you. Uh, a new poll says that young voters really don't care about either political party. Like they're not leaning towards one way or the other. Um, which statistically there's always been this idea that young voters typically lean like more uh liberal um and that's just kind of showing that's not really the case anymore that neither political party has young voters like in their corner and there's a lot of elections coming up this year so if they want these young voters they have to do a lot of work harvard talked with um students to see you know why do they feel this way and um they just kind of gave that they feel like neither political party is really addressing their needs and that um, there's just a lot that they are not happy about on both sides. Um, And a lot of it has to do with either social issues or economic issues and just all around not great. Um, And even a a new poll showed that Biden's approval among Americans under 30 has fallen to about 41% in the last year, which was an 18 point drop, which is a huge drop. Mm -hmm. Um, So even... Like so the president, just, is it more just, just like they're saying they're not effective? The both parties aren't effective, and they're not doing mm-hmm. enough. So, like the yeah. conservatives saying the conservative party is not conservative enough, or getting enough of what I'm into pushed through, and the liberals aren't getting enough of my liberal causes pushed through. So they're just yes, giving up on the whole. Yeah, process. they just are. They're kind of looking at politics and seeing like the things that I want and the things that you know I'm hopeful for. That's not happening, and um, it is alarming because you know, they're so young into the voting age and it's like, they're already giving up on the political system and Mm -hmm. they're not fully giving up, but they just, you know, they are very cynical of it. Um, Is this new though? I mean, I'm trying to think like over the decades, it's always been the young people saying the establishment is ineffective and we need change. And so they don't buy into the existing status quo. When is that? When is the young generation ever bought into the existing power structure? They've always not been okay with it. Right. I mean, 
I was gonna say if the numbers are growing, it makes sense to me because think about how like politically we're so polarized mm-hmm. in a sense, and then also I feel bad for anybody like that is just starting their career out trying to buy a house, oh yeah, or buy a vehicle. Uh, it's like you can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything yeah. is so overly inflated. Where you know what? What do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, and then with all of the you know fighting over the past you know four years, some people seeing their grandparents in a different light. Some people seeing their parents in a different light and saying, "Well, I don't want to be a part of that party." But then. I, I I could see why people would just throw their hands in the air and say, you know what, just whatever. They wave them like they None just don't care. Anyway. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to Outcast, so, you know what I mean? Throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. Do think, this study found that it was, uh, uh, this was relative to previous generations. There was an escalation in terms of feeling like the party, the parties don't represent me between a Republican and Democrat. Sure. I don't feel like either party represents my interests or what I want, which, yeah, that's always been a little bit the case. But we've seen it grow a little bit with every new generation, really, since the Reagan era. So it's it's mm-hmm. yes, it's a trend, mm-hmm. but it's escalating instead of going the other way. And I think what you're seeing now is in yeah. addition to this apathy, there's just this gridlock where neither party is going to let the other party do anything so you vote somebody in you get really excited about the camp promises you hear on the campaign trail and then there is this huge unprecedented effort on the part of largely young voters to get biden into the white house and then nothing that he said he was going to do ends up happening and there's a lot of different reasons Mm -hmm. for that i'm not saying it's entirely biden's fault but when it doesn't happen that feeds that apathy like well why did i go to the polls if none of the promises that i that he made that i went in to make happen are going to happen anyway and then you'll see the exact Mm -hmm. same thing happen with the republican administration as well of course so I, I think mm-hmm. that's the apathy yeah. that you're feeling is if there is no way for these parties to come together, which increasingly there really doesn't seem to be because they have very different visions of America. It's understandable that you'd be like, well, what am I? Why, why am I voting anybody in if they're just going to basically try to keep the train on the tracks yeah. and not really make any of the changes yeah. I want to see? Here's the question I have. I want to I want to throw this out to you and see what y'all think. Do you think that some of this is because we don't actually know how the political process runs anymore, <laughs> you know, cause I, cause yeah. I mean, just, I mean, really thinking about it, like I don't remember Joe Biden. I could be wrong, but I don't remember Joe Biden saying he was going to uh, pay off everybody's student loans. I remember him saying, if a bill makes it to his desk, he'll sign it. You know what I'm saying? But I don't remember him saying, making a promise, we're going to pay off everybody's student loans. But he said he would sign a bill if it makes it to his desk. Mm-hmm. So in other words, what he said was, if the House and Senate can fight it out and get me something worth having, mm-hmm. I'll I'll make sure that it gets through. So I, it's like a lot of people are like dunking on him for saying, you know, oh, Biden ain't even get the student loans done. It's like, there's nothing he can do if the House right. and the Senate won't pass it. There's no reason to throw your ire at him. You throw your, throw your frustration at your local representatives and, and senators, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And, and when I look at people's discord on politics, sometimes I'm wondering, I'm like, do we even know why yeah. we're mad or who mm-hmm. is responsible yeah. for what? I think along with that same line, Derek, is everything has gotten so politi- 
politicalized. Like even when we're talking about mm-hmm. Elon Musk buying Twitter, you know, you've got people, right. the Republicans are saying one thing about it. And the Democrats are saying one thing. And it's a person buying a company that has right now that we know of nothing to do with politics. But yet it becomes about politics and you take a side. And I think young people have watched that over the years and just has gone this. This is like I don't want to be a part of this. I've had mm-hmm. young people that I know in my life say that what was really hard for them during the presidency of Donald Trump is to say, my parents for years taught me these values matter, all these matter. And yet they just turned a blind eye when their party candidate was doing exactly what they always taught me not to do. And so then, you know, these 25 year old kids are going, well, I don't want to be a part of this system because forever Mm. I've been taught character matters, character matters, character matters. But yet the same people that taught me that are like, Oh, who cares? We need, you know, this president in the office. And I think it just makes them go, this feels dirty. It feels like I don't want to be a part of this. And it messes with parts of their life that don't feel like politics need to be in it. That's what I've seen from young people these days. What's interesting to me, too, is is really if you think about politics as it affects your life tangibly, it's the local politicians that you should be paying attention to. Right. I'm living in Central Florida right now. Yeah. Our local politician, <laughs> yeah. Ron DeSantis, just dismantled Disney's special tax district. And guess who is going to have his property taxes uh, grow by 25% next year? And because we're absorbing He's all the infrastructure. A billion dollar bill. And we're, yeah. And $2 billion of debt that was being held by that essentially county down there Ooh. is now being absorbed into my county. <laughs> Okay, local politics affect your life way more than D.C. does. So, like, hey, if you want to be an activist or whatever, you can get a grassroots campaign going in your neighborhood and get elected to your county commission. You know, you can you can and you can make a difference, you know. So anyway, I. Yeah, the whole thing about being disenfranchised with politics. Did you say 20% camera inside? No, did you say 20, your taxes is about to go up 25 percent is bro. astonishing. Okay, this is the truth. This has come Ouch. out. So, okay, this whole don't say gay bill Ouch. woke stuff. Okay, DeSantis and the state legislator uh, later, uh, within a week pushed this bill through to dismantle this 50-year special tax district that Disney had. But it wasn't just Disney. There were seven of these districts around the state that the state created to incentivize a certain type of growth and development and economic stuff and whatever. And they just did it out of spite with zero. This came out in the news with zero economic analysis of what would happen. And now after they've passed it, they find out that $2 billion of debt that that district was holding is now going to be absorbed into my county. And all of the infrastructure costs, police, fire, water, that was being paid for by Disney to the tune of $800 billion a year is now going to be paid by Orange County residents by jacking up our property taxes by 25%. So, so they actually helped Disney out yep. in a sense because Disney's like, "Hey, they got out take of these taxes. We we'll, <laughs> literally go. take but all you this know what, infrastructure, you know what? all of that." So, to the cynicism <laughs> of politics, why would he do that if he's elected by Florida residents to do what's best for Florida residents? Why would he ever do that? Right. He's not. Yeah. He did a, a culture war virtue signal to the national stage yeah. that I'll stand up to the wokeness. Wow. And he doesn't care about what happens to Floridians now. He's going after D.C. Well, fortunately, <laughs> and so like we're sitting there fortunately for DeSantis, what I what I know about politics, which is no, you know, I'm not a political guy. That's but rough. Man. My understanding is that Republicans really do love higher taxes and fight for them at every turn. So I could see him playing, you know, you know, this is this is five dimensional <laughs> chess here. 
<laughs> but think about this. You as a governor and a, and a state senate got it here, made buddy. It, passed a law, dismantled an economic institution with zero economic analysis happening before you voted. Is this going to have an impact on Disney jail? Is this going to is this coming out? Are they going to have to start cutting some corners in That's Disney crazy. jail? Disney jail is now going to be Orange <laughs> County jail. You you jump out of line at Disney, you're going to the slammer. You're not going to Goofy Jail. You're going to you're going to Orlando City. Goofy's panhandling on the Disney streets. Anyway, I'm fired up, man. Hey, Goofy, Goofy had to pack his bags, man. The average I read today, the average family of four next year in Orlando will pay three thousand dollars more Oof. for taxes than than last Oof. year. Wow. Because of this Disney man. thing. Would hate to live in Florida, right? With now. no added benefit. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Couldn't be me. Yeah, well. Anyway, I'm not fired up about it. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't have an opinion about this at all. Emily, what else is going on that has nothing to do with politics, please? Okay. 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 Um, let's, let's move along to something else. Um, let me give a little bit of background information for this before I get to it. So, um, I know we got some Marvel fans on here, AKA Tyler and Derek. Um, so this will particularly be interesting to you. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's been a lot of fans, Marvel fans that have just for years now been trying to create a petition to get Chris Pratt to be replaced in the Gardens of the Galaxy, yeah. um, his character Star-Lord. And, you know, they have their reasons for it. And a lot of it has to do with his faith and particularly his thoughts on the LGBTQ community. Um, and they, I won't <laughs> get into his what thoughts. they want him to say. Not his thoughts. Not his thoughts. Not his yes. thoughts. It's that he goes to a church that they, fan they say says have certain thoughts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Chris Pratt has never said anything about what he thinks about that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the issue is he's never said anything about this, but people that have listened to these rumors are calling for this petition. Um, and one rumor I actually do want to point out, they have this rumor that he goes to Hillsong Church. He has never he has stated he has never been to Hillsong, which I just think is very funny that people are just ignoring him saying that he doesn't go to this church. And they're like, no, no, we know you go there. Um, it's very funny. So this week or last week, um, the new trailer for Thor Love and Thunder came out, um, which Chris Pratt will be in. And people responded to it saying like, again, they just want him. They want someone else. I don't know. I don't know if there's a specific one they want. Just any other man, I guess. Um, Well, the director for Gardens of the Galaxy 3, James Gunn, came out in defense of Chris Pratt. um, And he responded to someone saying who was saying that they wanted um, Pratt to replace saying for what? Because you're made up utterly false beliefs about him for something that someone else told you about him. That's not true. Chris Pratt would never be replaced with Star-Lord. But if he ever was, we would all be going with him. I know the church he currently goes to. Do you? The answer is you don't. But you heard from someone who heard from someone who heard from someone where he goes to church. So you decided, yeah, okay, I'll believe this terrible thing I heard online about this celebrity. Which is just like (laughs) aggressive. Like props to Gunn. I love that. For like coming to his defense. Let's go, James Gunn. But it is something that's true. You know, like I, I say this as someone who takes in a lot of celebrity gossip. It is easy to listen to these rumors and just create this whole identity about it. But at the end of the day, I don't know any of these celebrities. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about them. I like to think I do, but I don't. Um, But it is so tricky when, you know, we have these personal thoughts and it's like, we can't 
be the authority figure to say like, oh, this person shouldn't have this role anymore. It's like, you don't know them. They didn't actually say anything like that. You can't put your perceptions on them. So, yeah, I'm going to tell, I, I, and, and this is just, you know, cause I'm a, what C minus celebrity, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm, I'm not, you're C plus, man. Or none don't of that, that none of that, but hey, I'll take C plus. Thank you. I'm a C plus celebrity, a little C bit above average, sure. you know what I'm saying? Um, but I'll never forget. I mean, he's at the level that if you take Derek Minor to an Orlando Magic game, there will be people in the stands saying, Derek, Derek Minor, <laughs> Derek Minor. And he has to go over and take <laughs> pictures not with C-. him. <laughs> I can tell you no that way. for a fact. I can tell you. Anyhow. Derek Minor. He he posted on his story that he was there and his fans were following him B. and like found him and came over. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Anyhow, was, he didn't introduce was, me. He didn't be the like. Point, that's beside the point. The point I was making was I remember when um, <laughs> I remember when I first started doing music and I was my, my star was starting to shine a lot brighter. And I, I signed autographs. I used to sign autographs. I still do it. Autographs after every show. Talk to everyone. But this one particular show in Michigan, I didn't do it. And um, I remember this guy puts out this whole thing on how I'm so arrogant that I wouldn't even sign autographs. And, you yeah. know, Derek is uh, he he's feeling himself now. He got a little platform, et cetera, et cetera. What that person did not know was that the reason why I didn't sign autographs is because my grandmother was fighting cancer and I left the show early. I took the show because I wanted to see my grandmother. I was like, okay, this will allow me to be able to, you know, pick up some money and go see my grandmother. So I left the show early to see my grandmother. But on that person's vantage point, they're like, oh, he's so arrogant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that I I think when it comes to like celebrities and people, I think just people in general that we don't know, we got to do a better job of, you know, thinking that maybe this person's a human being and maybe it's not the worst thing mm-hmm. in the world. You know, like I, I've seen even Chris Pratt even, you know, stand up for, not, I mean, not necessarily stand up, but say, hey, you know, I, I think there's this one clip of this man saying like, yo, I think that our government uh, should protect our LGBT community from any hurt, harm, et cetera, et cetera. They should have every guy given right. That's literally came out of his own mouth. But people won't take mm-hmm. that because that seems like more unbelievable than, hey, he goes to a church and maybe the people, some of the people at his church have beliefs that are extreme. So I think we got to do a better job. And I think that's the sucky thing about, you know, online mm-hmm. and social media is that it allows everyone to have a platform mm-hmm. and just keep speaking and speaking and speaking and not know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's just my two cents. And, and you can't argue with the internet. You no, know, once a narrative all. snowball starts rolling, mm-hmm. you can't stop it. Yeah. Yeah. And so to, to Pratt's credit, he set the record straight once and then just stayed out of it. Like he just he can't pick every fight. Seriously? And I'm glad to see other people coming to his his side and fighting for him, you know, because hopefully, you know, because he can't. That would be so hard. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be so hard. I'd want to defend myself every single it time. to his character that so many of his friends have. Yeah. Tried to set the record straight right. about him. Right. People right. who do not share his religious beliefs or even his right. political beliefs, mm-hmm. as I, I understand agree. them to be. Right. I will say that we cover a lot of these stories right. at Relevant. And if there's something that looks yeah. like a Christian is being sort of like maligned for their beliefs, it turns out to be a, a lot of heat and no fire. Like Christians are kind of making something up. There's a, a faux persecution narrative that's building around it. But this one, I, I do feel like Pratt gets kind of a bad rap on the Internet uh, that he has, that he has very much to his credit, 
try to set the record straight once said people who actually care to find out the truth will be able to find out about it and uh and the people who have worked with him as far as i can tell the people who have worked with him have had really good experiences with it and if somebody who's actually worked with him says something differently then will that absolutely that would be important to note that but i just haven't seen any actual actual testimonies to the contrary that says people don't enjoy the person or find him to be a discriminatory person Right. Um, so I'm glad the gun is stuck, sticking up for him. And I hope that at some point the Internet kind of turns a corner here, but I don't know if it will or not. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. What's the last thing you got, Emily? Um, weirdly, this also has some Marvel news to it, but not that much. So it's not that bad. Um, it has to do with Tom Hiddleston. You're just, you're just pandering at this point. You're coming on. You know your audience. I've been watching Moon Knight, so I have been thinking about Marvel a lot. Um, but we can't talk about Moon Knight because I... That would take a whole different podcast. Um, No, Tom Hiddleston, who plays Loki, will be in a new Apple TV Plus series uh, with Claire Danes. Uh, It's called The Essex Serpent. It's based on a book by Sarah Perry. Uh, It's about um, this woman who's very rational and she moves to this small seaside town in like the late 1800s to investigate. It's called The Essex Serpent. Think like the Loch Ness Monster sort of thing. Mm. Um, But she creates a friendship with a local pastor played by Tom Hiddleston. And uh, the show says it's going to kind of just shine a light on the conversation between the connection of faith and science, Mm. um, which has come up so much in recent years. Just where do they intersect and how do they intersect? So I think it'll be a really good show. And it's Apple TV Plus, which we've talked about, has been crushing it lately. Uh, yeah, so absolutely crushing. Mm-hmm. We're really buy, excited about this. Buy one. on Apple TV Plus stock right now. So, so it's called the Essex Serpent. You said, and it's got yes. this like faith element to it. Cool. Uh, let's play some of the trailer. Here it is. A sea creature has been spotted. Is there something out there? That's what I'm here to find out. I've done some research into a mythical beast. Not mythical, real. The serpent is an invention, a symptom of the times we live in. So you're against progress? I'd rather believe in a creature people have actually seen than an invisible god. Well, there's a lot more where that came from. Make sure to follow Relevant. Uh, we're, we're posting good stuff every day. Turn on notifications, too, so you can see what actually <laughs> That's right. Being <laughs> follow and turn on notifications. I feel like we're the YouTubers at the end of the video. Subscribe and follow. <laughs> like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Hey guys. Subscribe. Link yeah. below. Now they're doing it like the yeah, middle of exactly. the video. Like, hey, if you like what you're seeing, like, oh yeah, come on. All right, I'm gonna start doing that on my music videos. <laughs> it's gonna be like this crazy production, and I was just turn to the camera and just be like, like and subscribe. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. Up next, One K Few joins us. to the waltzers the song is million little problems don't we all have those well relevant has a lot happening this year and we don't want you to miss a thing make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday we'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes some uh, fan extras 
and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Our guest today is 1K Few. He's part of the next generation of Christian hip hop artists that we're excited about with songs like Wild and Out and How We Coming. He recently dropped his album No Church in a While, which he collaborated on with Lecrae. We sat down with him to discuss his passion for connecting church and culture and how he wants to use his talents to bring others closer to God. Here's our conversation with 1K Few. But for the folks who are like maybe not like super familiar with your work yet, because I don't think we've talked to you before, can you give me just a little bit of your origin story? Like yeah, how you got started and how you got to where you're at now? Man, I'm 1K Few, man. I'm from the east side of Atlanta. Really, I'm just so Atlanta, bro. Like, I don't even know what to say. It's like, I, I, I grew up born and raised, you know, in church all my life. But at the same time, I went to church in the six, in zone six. And people don't know who zone six is. Like, that's the east side, you know, of Decatur. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I seen a lot of things, you know, just going to church every day because it's crazy. Cause my mom, she brought like she drug us to church almost every day. But I don't think she knew that we was like around, you know, the hood and the street <laughs> and, that and stuff like that. So it's like, we yeah, we would go to get the word and stuff. Well, we were supposed to go and get the word. But it's like we would still see, you know, different things like, you know, that I wasn't used to seeing. So and I was so young. I didn't really know what it was for real, for real. I was just, mm-hmm. you know, around it and growing up yeah, in it. Yeah, so yeah. it just, you know, I, and, and that kind of, you know, it kind of motivated me to be more mature today, you know, because it's like now I would see something now and have a totally different perspective on it because I feel like, you know, I've grown since then. I like the movie, movie. Jumped off the porch now, I'm just cold, just cool. I had to change my mood in life when I woke up and started just doing this I like to move it, move it, so please get out the way, excuse me. I like to move it, like to move, it move it, jump off the porch now, I'm just cool. Yeah, hammer time, boys in the building. What we doing? When you were a kid and you were getting dragged to church, did you like church or was church boring? Because I didn't, I did not like going to church when I was a little kid. Like sitting, listening to the preacher was boring. But going to church, like seeing my cousins and my friends and stuff like that, like I, that's what I was looking forward to. Cause it's like I went like when when I grew up in church, like the like when I was younger, that was around the time, you know, everybody called each other family and auntie yeah. and uncle, and it wasn't really yeah. no, it wasn't really like church members. It was more like family type sure. thing. So it was like I would come to church and see all my partners and all all the bros, and we would just be hanging like that. But um, but yeah, I, I really like. I actually like going to church though. I like going to church. Maybe for not not the right reason. Probably, probably not to get fed. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was younger, I liked going to church for sure. So when did music come in? When were you like, I'm ready to start really pursuing this? I'm, I want to get into music. Man, um, I've been loving music forever. Like you know, just growing up in Atlanta, looking at artists like you know Ti and Ludacris, mm. and looking at. Like sneaking, watching BET while my folks downstairs and everything. So it was like I always looked up to the culture, and um, I kind of wanted co- to connect that with the church. I never forget growing up in church. It was a lot of people who used to come and try to connect with the youth and try to, you know, do Christian rap and gospel rap, but they wouldn't always relate. You know, they most of the time uh-huh. they was lame. You know, yeah. and yeah. that yeah. always motivated me to be like, nah, I gotta. 
I can really get up there and relate to them because I I am them. You know, like I, I'm sure. one of us type thing. So it's like the first time my pastor, man, shout out to Bishop Jimmy Lee, man. Long live him. The first time he gave me an opportunity to go up there, I, I just went up there and um, I did my thing and they loved it. Like, I'll I never forget the first song I did. Soldier Boy had a song out called Pretty Boy Swag. Okay. I had I, I remixed it and did Church Boy Swag. <laughs> and boy, I, I, it went up as soon as I did it. And then ever since that moment, I, I just fell in love with it and I just kept pursuing it. Coming in like this, picking up tables like Christ did. Jumping at the gym like Mike did. I ain't talking about Jordan, I'm Tyson. Time to ride on all you perpetrators. I ain't even got to show my license. Heard the devil got him some pirates. He don't even know I'm pulling up with Vikings. When I saw that Miley Cyrus, had to change up like head on my tongue. Seen him get my brother time because he got caught on candy camera. Had to stay down like 22s on a Cadillac. I'm David Banner. When did you pass? Was that hard when you were because you're, you're you're getting involved, you're you're good at what you do, but so much church music really is still pretty corny. Like it, yeah. it definitely it was it was it used to be a lot worse. I think we're getting better, but there was a time when it was a lot of it was pretty bad. So were you like oh, I just don't know if there's a space for me to be like good at what to be excellent at what I do, and then to still be part of this? Did you or did you figure that out early on? I, it, it was kind of it was discouraging at first, but then it turned into motivation. Because I was like, no, nah, I want to sure. be the one to break the wall down. I want to be the uh-huh. one to really bring people in and, and really co- bring the connection in. Because I feel like it is it is, it is, is still some things in the gospel world and in the CCM world where they don't really take hip-hop and rap, you know, that serious as mm-hmm. they do the other genre. Um, and I just feel like it's just time to break that because hip-hop is really the biggest genre, you know, easy. like all around. Easy. Oh, so I feel like it's just time to break that mold and really walk in confidence. I feel like really what was holding some some of us back was we weren't really confident in our calling type thing. And I really Mm -hmm. had to sit down and realize that that I I can't really run away or try to try to make others feel comfortable. I can't I can't try to make people in the street feel comfortable by by uh, selling out. And I can't make the church feel comfortable by, you know, not being myself. You know what I'm saying? So I really just had to follow my purpose and what the purpose God gave me. And um, and he just told me to just use his sauce, like for him. Like he already gave me the swag. You know, it's like it's up <laughs> yeah, to me who yeah. I'm gonna it's up to me who I'm gonna use it for. So I just really had to be intentional and in walking in that. So I feel like, man, as long as we have confidence in our purpose, it the sky the limit. Like we gonna take off. It's like I ain't even discouraged about what's going on. It's it's like it's it's, it's gonna take off. Did you find that once you once you were able to like embrace that, like, okay, I'm gonna this is this is the calling. This is what I'm gonna do. Once you did that, did you find that you were able to like improve as an artist too? Oh, like yeah, give you confidence so, to raise the ceiling on just your skill? It freed me to, to talk about the real. Like it freed me uh-huh. to really, you know, express my feelings and express my thoughts. Another thing with me too is like I think I'm going on like year number two, I think, but I, I really stopped writing. Uh, as well, it's like I don't really, I, I don't write when it comes to music. So it's like when I go in, I, I just go straight to the mic and oh, is that right? say my thoughts, like line by line. I say my thoughts line by line, and that's, cool. that's really helped me to not limit myself in what I'm talking about and really let people know where I'm at at that moment, like at that day, like where, however I'm feeling, whatever's on my mind, I'm it's gonna come out, and and that's what I really want my audience to connect with. That I'm authentic. I keep it one thousand. And I, I'm, you know, I ain't gonna put on. It's like that. That's just what it is. Father God, can you please help me be perfect?
Feel like the whole church is They tryna tell me I'm worthless Like I'm one smoking with the church kids And I know I'm one just tripping While I seen the pastor make a little purchase He said, son, don't you go tell nobody Now get your butt back and serve it. So I got a poppy for the paparazzi I'm a gospel rapper, time to copyright When I told the streets, they all got excited Now I'm in a trap cause I got invited Not You mentioned that, and I think this is true that there are still some people out there who just don't take rap super seriously as a genre, who don't take hip hop seriously. Why do you think that when it's been around for such a long time, we've had so yeah. many artists, like the be- the biggest, not just the biggest, but also the best artists out there yeah. are definitely yeah. rappers. Why right. is it still fighting for that legitimacy, do you think? Man, I feel like in the church, it's definitely looked upon as that because, you know, hip hop is more rugged. You know, when you think of uh-huh. hip hop, uh-huh. You don't really think of positive images when you think of hip hop. So I do feel like that's why the church kind of runs from it. As soon as they hear rap, as soon as they hear the word hip hop, they automatically think of uh, drugs, booty shaking, all type of stuff sure. that they ain't really, you know what I'm saying, got to do sure. with us and what yeah. we talking about. But just because it got something to do with rap and hip hop, they automatically related to that. So I feel like, Man, we just got to go up with it. Like I said, we just got to uh-huh. be confident in what we do. And once once the mainstream and whoever start to embrace it, I feel like the church will too. Because sadly, sometimes I feel like the church sometimes jumps on the trend of what the world got going on. Yeah, that's You know true. what I'm saying? Oh, sure. And oh, sure. You see it all the time. I feel, yeah, man. And I feel like, you know, a lot of worldly artists come on to the Christian lane and it's crazy and it's huge, you know? And... I just feel like it's, it's, it's about that time for us to have that same impact and um and really stand on what we're standing on. Because I do believe the reason why they have that impact, like people like Kanye and Justin Bieber and stuff like that, is because they stood on what they stand, what they stood on. Like sure. they're yeah. comfortable in their skin and who they are. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we just gotta take that same approach, not the negative way, but the Christ way. Some of y'all thinking I'm just trying to go to hell well now. Nah. What I gotta do to keep my brothers on the safe side? Like so many homies, I wish I could change a lot. That was 1K Few. You can read more of that conversation in uh, the latest issue of Relevant. The spring issue, digital issue, it's out now. You can read the ad-supported version for free at relevantmagazine.com. Or if you want the enhanced edition ad-free, you can subscribe to Relevant Plus. He's in there with some of our other favorite artists like Day and uh, no big deal on others. So go check that out. One K few spring issue relevant. Okay. Stay tuned. Up next. It's your feedback. Listening to Joshua Luke Smith and Wild Sons, the song is Father. Okay, it's time for your feedback. So if you listen to last week's show, we we talked about my home office slash podcast studio might just be haunted. Uh, we had some weird computer stuff going on, the aquarium. It was some weird stuff happening late at night. It was just it was just bizarre that day. Um, things have calmed down. I have replaced the computer. I'm on a different computer now, and no fish have committed suicide since last recording. So this is great. We're we're good. I think oh we've gosh. cleansed the aura <laughs> in this room. So um, good news. Anyway, and people have been tweeting me that yes, absolutely, your 
office is haunted. So <laughs> get out of there now. Um, so anyway, we asked you for the <laughs> feedback. What is the craziest or strangest experience you've had while you were home alone? You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. And here are some of our favorite replies. My man, Caleb Brooks, said uh, two burglars tried to break in and I had to booby trap the entire place to protect myself <laughs> and my family's belongings. Okay, Macaulay Culkin over here. <laughs> I've said on that show that I have I have a story of the creepiest and I will tell it when we're done reading this stuff. It is, to, it's like uh, this dude. Derek, I think you're missing that it said it, there's a follow-up tweet here. The same thing happened again next year in New York City. He had to, it, was, oh, yeah. it was the craziest thing. Same two burglars, too. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, Corbin said this. He said when he was 12, he woke up to loud scratching on his headboard, which yeah. that's freaky anyways. And then he said, I laid as still as possible when suddenly something furry landed on my face. I had to turn the light on and found my pet hamster who'd escaped a week prior running around <laughs> on my bed. So he thought he was being attacked. With something See, scratching his headboard. It was his hamster. That's why we don't have yeah. hamsters. <laughs> hamsters are just rats without the tail. I mean, they oh, they get gross. in your wall. They right. they they eat gross and stuff. And it had been missing a whole week, he said. Uh-uh. Like what that hamster nah, been bro. doing over the week. That's what I need to know. <laughs> uh-uh. Back to eating what do rats that's what do. I'm saying. I love yep. this. Evan says five years ago. 12 a.m., an intoxicated man comes to my door because, quote, I saw the lights were on, asking if I had $3, quote, for a soda. I did not live anywhere near a convenience store. This is, you know what? I understand this would be weird at midnight. I, I would also not have $3 probably to, to pass around. But I admire the guy just went, shoot your shot. If you are thirsty, you never know. He walked right up you at midnight. Know. He walked right up to a door, knocked on it, asking for $3. This had to be like in the, the 80s or the 90s because 2022, everybody on edge. Plus, I ain't knocking on nobody I don't know at 12 o'clock at night. Uh-uh. <laughs> Especially if you live in like Texas or Florida or yeah. Tennessee. We got yeah. open mm-hmm. carry, no license, no, no nothing. Ask. You just walk around with Plus, like the wild, wild west. <laughs> I would no more answer my door at midnight than I don't answer my door at 5 p.m. I don't answer my door. If somebody's knocking, I'm like... I didn't invite that anybody to my house. I'm not going anywhere near my front door. You can leave a note. I'll answer the door. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I do not no. answer my door. Do you have windows? Like, can they see you? Uh, no. I mean, not the front door doesn't have windows on it, so I can, you know, I can avoid okay. it and stay out of sight. But yeah, no, I don't answer the door. My entire downstairs is like windows everywhere. No one could not see mm. us. And if someone's knocking on my door, we live in the country. It's like. What's happening? A murder is what's happening. That's why you don't answer the door. Yes, exactly. But they would see me standing there. I'd be waving. So speaking of windows, all right, here's my story. There's a lot more feedback where that came from. All right, I'll just take a second and tell you this. So we were in high school and in high school, I was the Christian youth group kid who would sneak out in the middle of the night, but go, I'd go TP friends houses and stuff. I was just like doing stuff like that, Uh little pranks. So it was kind of a little war going on in my youth group and in school of like TP in people's houses. We got win. We hit somebody really hard. We got word. My friends and I got word that a revenge TP attack was coming. I lived in the woods near. I was surrounded by woods, though. So we had like 100 foot tall pine trees and stuff. And if we got TP, my parents made me clean it up. So I was like, I am not going to let my house get TP. So I got like 10 friends and we were going to we were basically going to ambush them. Like, so when people showed up at 12, one to TP my house, we were going to ambush them. Okay. And just, you know, youth group pranks. 
So we're all yeah. around my neighborhood. We're positioned everywhere. We have walkie talkies. We have lookouts, all this kind of stuff. It gets to be about three in the morning. Nothing's happened. Oh, man. Okay. So we go back inside my house and we're all just hanging out in the family room. <laughs> Lights are out. We're watching a movie. Was this a school night? No, nah, it's weekend, summer break, some I don't know. <laughs> so we're all just like hanging out, watching a movie, chilling, big sleepover. There's like 10 of us. All of a sudden, three in the morning, we see a flashlight in the backyard. Mm-mm. And I'm going, oh, this is good. They didn't, they're, they're coming for the backyard TP attack. So we all quietly go out the front and garage doors and then come around both sides of the house to trap the friends in the backyard who are going to TP us. Okay. There wasn't friends trying to TP us. Oh, it was no. somebody trying to break into the house. Oh, no. And we didn't know that. So Yo. once they see us, they start running into the woods. My friends start chasing after them. And basically we're in the thick of Florida woods and swamp chasing after what somebody with people with flashlights. We don't know. Turns out the next day, somebody, there was an escaped convict that had been burglaring houses in the area. And, and there were helicopters and cops and like SWAT teams and stuff. The cops were so mad at us because they're like, this person could have been armed. Y'all could have been shot. Don't ever chase people at three in the morning. You know what I mean? Like call 911. So anyway, Dude, we were up and it happened. Did to, they catch him? Yeah, they caught him the next day. It was like noon the next day because the dude got caught in the 80 acres of woods and swamp. He couldn't get out. So cops yeah. were uh, all around exactly. all the perimeter of the in woods. Mind, and eventually you were just doing some citizen, man. Isn't Your that crazy? Parents, you shouldn't have. That's I wild, hope you didn't get bro. in trouble for being up at 3 a.m. Your parents should have been like, Cameron, you saved us. But then they were, they had a few questions. They had a few <laughs> questions of like, why? Why is our house being attacked by your friends? Uh-huh. Like they didn't know that I was an instigator. <laughs> They're like, why are we being persecuted by the other You're children like, in the youth know. group and stuff? And I'm like, I don't know, Dad. Yeah, I, I don't know. We anyway. follow Jesus. I think, I think these cops were just met, were just jealous because they got beat to the punch by a bunch of youth group kids. Yeah, they couldn't you find this guy at 3 a.m. And you and you had him. You had him dead to rights. We're chasing him into the dead swamps, doing your part to, yep. to, for some citizen justice out there. And then right. the police yeah. try to make it your problem. I'd say I'd mm-hmm. say you guys were in the right. You, they should have deputized you well, then and He there. was just saying, next time you chase after somebody at three in the morning into the woods, you're probably going to get shot. So maybe Make don't sure do that. So, eat next anyway. time. Good lesson learned. All right. So that'll do it for your feedback. There's more where that came from. Go check it out on our Twitter account. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right. Well, at the beginning of the show, we got talking about Twitter for a little bit about all the changes of like, what's Elon going to be up to? What's he going to change? What's the difference going to be? So it just got us thinking. Hey, maybe he's open to suggestions, you know, like, right. like maybe we can tweet him some ideas. What right. do you, here's the question. What do you want to change about Twitter? What changes would you like to see happen aside from an edit button? What else would you change about Twitter? Uh, in this and tag new era. Elon Musk in your, yeah. uh, <laughs> if it's a good idea, <laughs> <In> your response. <laughs> All right. Hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast on Twitter, ironically, and tell us what you do to make Twitter better. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to once again thank 1K Few for joining us today. Make sure to check out our feature with him and other emerging uh, hip-hop artists that we're excited about in the spring issue of Relevant. It's available now. There's also features with like Ryan Reynolds, Bob Goff, Shauna Nequist, Madison Pruitt, Channing Tatum, so much more. It is jam-packed. Also, don't forget, we are hiring. Visit relevantmediagroup.com for more information and to apply right there online. Also, stay in the mix with everything we're putting out. Sign up for our free daily newsletter 
relevant today. It is uh, our top five trending stories in your inbox every morning. You can sign up right there at the websites on the sidebar on the homepage, relevantmags.com. Make sure to follow us on all the socials as well. Got a lot of stuff going on. You don't want to miss out, right? Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Garen Strang. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Jesse's not dead, but he's barely alive. He's living on the inside. Relevant Podcast Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.